0: Welcome to Reframing Our Stories. This podcast is dedicated to deconstructing the stories we've been told about who we are and how we're supposed to be. I'm your host, Kara Hauk. Today I'll be speaking with Erin Tarr. Erin and I came in contact with each other through my sister-in-law over social media. Erin works with my niece through her business, Be The Benchmark. It's a program she calls Fierce and Flourish to guide girls in finding their authentic self and develop their confidence to share with the world. Erin comes by this through her many years in education and in personal development. Erin is the host of the podcast called Fierce and Flourish. She's a parenting consultant, a speaker, and was part of Central Illinois' business magazine 40 Under 40. The way she shows up for others is with great intention and always with a smile on her face. I witnessed the impact she has directly through my niece and what she's learning in her program. Erin, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kara. Yay.
0: I'm glad, like, I feel like you and I have interacted so much over the interwebs and now we get to be together. Oh space. <laughs> a fabulous thing. It's so wonderful. So, um, I would love for you to just kind of even tell us a little bit about what it is uh that you do what is be the benchmark and then what made you want to
1: create fierce and flourish absolutely so be the benchmark is founded on the sense of us not competing with one another so what i found after i named my business be the benchmark is that not a lot of people understand what benchmarking is but benchmark- is a comparison tool that companies use to see if they're in the right place at the right time, making their quotas for sales or what have you. And I just wanted young women to recognize that they get to be their own benchmark. Hmm. You don't have to compare to other people and what they're doing, you get to be that for yourself. Hmm. And that's the impetus behind the business itself. And then Fierce and Flourish is exactly what it says mm-hmm. women girls are fierce and we need to claim that fierce in order to flourish i remember i started the reason i used the word fierce to begin with was because of it alliterated with the word friday fierce girls friday <laughs> oh, that works <laughs> exactly <laughs> As the program grew i just claimed that i I claimed that word for my daughters, for myself, and for my clients. We are going to be fierce and we are going to flourish in this world and nothing is going to stop us.
0: That's cool. I love the whole, as you described it, then be the benchmark, because I do feel like growing up, I think back to when I was a young girl, I feel like there was always this sense that you had to compete with each other right? Like in order for you to be successful, you had to be better then. And it's not until I myself am starting a business and being in business that I recognize and I'm learning that's hogwash, right? And that we become the best we can be when we help one another. And I think that's so important. And I think it's also then helps you become the best you can be.
1: Absolutely. And I think what's interesting as a, I don't know if I'm claiming middle age yet, but as a middle-aged woman (laughs) is that I find the rhetoric around this is very empowering these days, women helping women and women lifting each other up. But the underlying subconscious belief for most middle-aged women is still, there's one seat at the table and I have to go get it. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can encourage women to a certain point, but too much, then they're going to win and I'm going to lose. And again, that comes back to why I started Pierce and Flourish because my heart is for all women for sure. But I'm like, you know, what if we didn't have to reprogram our brains? What if we didn't have to go through midlife crises? What if we didn't Mm. have to reframe our stories because we started from a blank slate Mm. and we when we were eight, nine, 10 years old and recognize the truth of who we are, how fierce we are, how powerful we are, how we get to show up in the world, how we get to encourage others in the world. Wouldn't that be amazing? So that's really why I, in addition to just my heart for education and my heart for young people in general, really focus on that youth demographic.
0: No, it's so important because we do, as my podcast is called Reframing Our Stories, right? Like we spend so much energy having to reframe that, right? We have we spend so many of our years thinking a certain way. And if you were brought up as you are helping these young people to say, like, no, like we are here as a team. You have gifts, they have gifts. Let's work together, let's lift each other up. I mean, we would be so much like further along in our journeys and further along as
1: a society yes it gives me chills to think about because can you imagine what can happen when when these women actually grow up together as a powerful union saying you know we're going to do this together we're going to change the world and that's kind of the through line of fears and flourishes we choose our thoughts so we are in control of what we get to choose we, we get to make that determination in order to create a life that we. Love love not a life that society or someone else has told us that we should be living create a life we love so that we can change the world because ultimately I believe that these girls are going to change the world and they get to choose how they're going to do that in ways that are important to them in things that they already are seeing going on in this world that they're like oh that's not right how can we fix that Mm -hmm.
0: so what are some of those sessions that you have with them look like? Like what if I brought my daughter, let's say to Fierce and force? what would be some of the, yes. what would you do? Thank you for helping me get there.
1: (laughs) So I do virtual coaching with groups and one-on-one. So group session that we have three times a month, we get together on zoom for about an hour. It is a group of girls that's around the same age. So I serve girls as ages eight to 18, but each group is age level appropriate. Mm -hmm. We share life. So highs and lows, what's the best thing and the worst thing that's happened to you this week? What's something funny? We call it our Buffalo. What's something funny or interesting or unique, or just that you want to share with the group uh, or something that you made. So there is a large chunk of time that is literally just community building in a safe space, showing them what encouraging, empowering, non-competitive female friendships can look like. Mm,
0: mm -hmm. Because
1: So often they don't have those spaces. Anywhere we're at at school, there is still this underlying sense of competition for either a friend situation or a teacher's attention or the best grade, or, you know, there's, this is a, a situation where everyone is safe, everyone is cool, everyone is encouraged to encourage one another. So if they get quote unquote credit for anything, it's for being more empowering and more tuned in to one another. So really creating that space for them. And one of the things that we talk about is no sarcasm. No, so we are impeccable with our words so that we are clearly communicating how awesome we think one another are. So a lot of times the way that teenagers communicate, they're imitating adults. Mm -hmm. And we use a lot of sarcasm or euphemisms or things that just don't actually truly hit home with what we're trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I really encourage the girls to be extremely accurate with how they're encouraging one another and what they're saying to one another and experience how that feels on a regular basis. It's amazing. So that's the first thing we do. <laughs> Sorry, I went off on a tangent. I'm like, oh, that's like, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes of our meeting.
0: No, that's fine. Well, what's interesting, this just makes me think of um, during this time of living in a pandemic, one thing that has happened for me that has been so lovely is I've reconnected with some of my really close friends from when I was in junior high And, you know, that's kind of the age group, right, that you're kind of dealing with. And I think back to just everything that we were dealing with, you know, you go through puberty, you're going through all these changes, you're trying to figure out what is happening with my life. And we all, all of us had different struggles. But now we're women in our 40s, right? (laughs) And we have found each other again. And I'm just going to tell you, It has been like the greatest gift because we have this message thread and we are just bringing everything that we have to each other. We're bringing the good, the bad, the ugly, the silly. And it's just been wonderful. And what I think about it is that even with this group of women, when we were younger, there was kind of still that little element of competition that would happen every now and then between us. And now as we're older and we recognize that that's unnecessary.
1: Yes.
0: Um, it's just so beautiful. And I just feel like all of us are somehow spreading our wings, you know, through the
1: support of one another. And I just, the biggest just smile on my face listening to yeah. talk about this. It's just like making me so it, it's swelling my heart so much to hear you talk about this. I love it.
0: And I well, I I mean, the fact that you're talking about being impeccable with your words, I that is a skill. And it's something that so many of us don't know how to do because we are taught to be fearful of our feelings and emotions. And I think there's also that element that we are taught almost to limit our joy, right? Mm -hmm. Or anything where we want to be exuberant about how we encourage one another. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's an aspect of that that is still kind of silenced. And so What a skill to be teaching them about even the words they use, because as we are learning through social media and through the written communication,
1: they hold so much power. So much power, and that is a foundational thing. When we start the next step in our meetings, is usually a short lesson of some sort, and I have a framework called the Fiercest Morning, and so there are parts of this framework that I teach them, and a huge foundational part of that the Comes into the choose your thoughts aspect. So, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. The words that we say to ourselves in our own brain is where it starts. And those words are so super powerful. And you don't realize, I didn't realize, girls don't realize how much negativity we perpetuate against ourselves, even at a young age. Mm. Mm -hmm. The older we get, the more maybe we recognize it, but just think, oh, that's how we are. But young girls are already just instinctively saying things to themselves that are both not true and are unnecessarily negative and are making an impact on them. And so (laughs) that's one of the foundational pieces that we start with when girls come into the program is what are the words you're saying to yourself each and every day?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, So are you going to start groups for women?
1: (laughs) If I had a nickel for every mom who, when they learned about my program, said, where was this when I was younger? Or do you, you know, and it's so hard because I have such a heart for moms, especially who are raising girls, Mm. because I am one of three girls. I have three girls of my own. Mm. And, you know, honestly, that's really where the genesis of all of this came from, right? Mm -hmm. As a woman who grew up and dealt with all that is typical, as you know, to teenage females, I was terrified when I held my first child in my hands and said, crap, she's a girl. What am I going to do? How am I going to help her through all that Stop. I don't I I didn't do very well going through it. How am I gonna help someone else through it? (laughs) And I was terrified. And honestly, I'm an Enneagram three and I just kind of got to work and I put my curriculum training hat on from education. And I thought, okay, how am I gonna design a structure in our home and activities in our home to make sure that she knows she's powerful and she can do anything that she wants to do and she can have a voice and speak up and so i went into kind of this teacher mode for my own child and as i was developing it i'm like this is for everybody this isn't just for my kids yeah that's kind of where it started No, that's so lovely
0: yeah i feel like man i just feel like after this we're gonna have like this a business session where we're just going to go (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) brainstorm more where I'm like oh I see this growing over here you can do it from this way like (laughs) because I just do I mean mothers I mean women need this a lot you know those who identify as women because it's just we're still so bombarded with messages right I mean our culture still gender wise in any regard is still bombarded with so many messages of how we are supposed to be and how we um the only way that we can be seen and heard, you know, on certain ways to show up. And so being able to continuously, you know, quiet those myths, mm. um, it's just something that it's like a daily thing I feel like we need. Absolutely. So, um what are some of the main concerns that your participants bring to you?
1: So it's interesting, they come to me with what you would consider to be typical kid problems. Mm-hmm. Homework, teachers, siblings, parents. Mm. These are the things that they come to me with. And I know in the therapy world, they call that that's the presenting problem, not the underlying problem, right? right. right. Mm-hmm. They're presenting problems. This teacher is the worst, or my parents are the worst, or my siblings are the worst, or whatever. And we start there. And then we get to, it all comes back to, I am convinced this level of self-consciousness and self-doubt as adults, we call it now imposter syndrome. It's the the imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. And really what I get to be for them when they come to me with this, I get to give them practical solutions for those very, what are important to them, but minor in the grand scheme of things, issues. And then I get to be their cheerleader and I get to be just kind of that sage that tells them you're better than this and you're more capable than you ever thought possible. And what if you tried this? I get to be kind of like this little Jiminy cricket in their ear to age Mm. myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, giving them the ability. I always, always try to end on possibility with them. What if you tried it this way? What if you were your bravest self in this situation? You know, that type of thing. And I give them perspective that probably their parents also have tried to give them.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. But
1: they don't hear. because exactly. yeah. And yet from an outside source, it comes through in just a different way. And it's, it's really amazing to see them Solve those smaller problems, start to solve those smaller problems on their own. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of our relationship, we get to go to the deeper stuff. So they come to me with the little things uh, how to stay organized, how to talk to their teachers, how to deal with sibling issues. They come to me with those. And that's maybe the first month to two months of like, okay, let's, you know, get through those little issues. And then it gets exciting. That's when we get to the deeper stuff of. Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in this world? What am I passionate about? What do I want my relationships both now and in the future to look like? And how can I lay the groundwork for all of that now?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Super fun. So have you seen a difference over time with those who have started with you and who might have aged out of the program? Like, what have you seen? How have you seen Them change,
1: they become more confident. Mm -hmm. And I, the reason I say that so slowly and hesitate on it is because I don't want to put words in their mouth, but then this is what the parents and what they come back and tell me. They're like, I am able to say things and do things and stand differently and speak differently, having gone through your program and having interacted with you. And there's a meme somewhere that goes across the internet. That's something along the lines of hang out with me long enough. And, you know, you'll believe that you're capable of anything or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I think for each of my kiddos. And they're so different, but they're so amazing. Mm -hmm. And Being able to see them just claim what's awesome about them, especially when it doesn't fit in this perfect little box of getting straight A's at school and being on the varsity team and winning all the awards and all the medals, especially when it doesn't fit in there. And to get to see them claim and realize and recognize how amazing they are and then walk differently and talk differently and move forward in the world, knowing that they're still amazing, even though they didn't get what quote unquote society deems as the award or the you know what I mean what's acceptable
0: yeah so have um I don't know how I want to phrase this per se (laughs) how have those then who don't fit that box as you talked about like how have they been able to flourish um Mm -hmm. and find that resilience within themselves through your messaging and different things like that and have the other participants been able to support them in that?
1: Yeah, what's awesome is a lot of what we do in the coaching is talking about personality and differences. And what's fascinating is girls, until you show them, they don't realize that everyone's not exactly like them. And everyone doesn't mm-hmm. think like them and everyone doesn't have the same talents. And when you point talents out, and this happens with Row movement as well, when I point out to a grown woman, or to a teenage woman, or to a ten-year-old girl, and it's not as true for the younger girls because they're pretty aware of what's awesome about them, but the older right. again, right? The, you point out to them and say you are really good at X, mm-hmm. like, yeah, but everybody is. That's no big deal. And it's you—you you have to convince them that this is what they are amazing at. And so what's really cool is when you have a room full of girls and you can go around and tell each and every person, you're really good at this and you're really good at that. And they can hear from peers who are not good at those things mm. and be recognized in a way that they will—they are never recognized yeah. at school or never recognized because a lot of the things that they're good at are not things that we're measuring on a report card these days. Right. They're, empathy. They're good at listening. They are good at creative problem solving when it comes to relational issues. They are good at coming up with random facts that have nothing to do with <laughs> what we're talking about, but they are interesting and they fuel conversation. You know, So there's so many things that they're good at. And to be praised for those things instead of in any way diminished yeah. They get this feeling that they just aren't necessarily experiencing out in the world. Mm-hmm. And even just the smallest bits of that can go such a long way. Uh, I hold on to, I mean, I'm sure you do as well. Do You remember things that people said 10 years ago to you, right? That were the smallest bit of praise. Do you not? I do. I do. We treasure those. Mm-hmm. And we don't give enough of it out. And that's, I mean, that's the last E in my fiercest morning. Uh, my fiercest framework is encouraging others and making a point to encourage someone every single day. Yeah. Your success, you know, which is that's the crazy backwards part of it. So I don't even actually know if that answered your question. No, I think it did. <laughs>
0: I feel like as I've gotten older too, I i try to tell my friends often to be like, your brain is amazing. You know, like those who have different gifts than me, um, or those who can just do, do things that I know takes a longer time for, for me to process or things like that. I'm like, thank God for your brain. Right. (laughs) I'm so glad you're around. I'm so glad of who you are.
1: Yeah. So it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it further solidifies that. We don't need to compete with one another because yeah. everyone has their own path. Everyone is on their own unique journey and everyone can win. We can all be winners. Yeah. <laughs> we're not in competition with one another. We're all using our own voice and sharing in our own way and just expressing ourselves in a way that is unique to us. So oh, I There's love it.
0: space for all of us, right? Absolutely. So do you have... I find uh, whenever I work with youth um, that their parents are not far behind, (laughs) right? And they come and seek some guidance. Mm -hmm. So what are parents asking you for
1: help for? When parents come to me, they are looking for someone who will care as much about their kid as they do, which is Mm -hmm. hard to find, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Who knows their child to some degree on a deeper level, which again, is hard to find. I grew up in a small community and everybody knew everybody. So every teacher that you ever had or coach knew what was going on with you and your family and all that, that that doesn't happen as much anymore. And so when you have a relationship with their child, you automatically have a relationship with you. And what parents wanna know is, what should I be worried about?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is, this, is this outside the norms of, Regular behavior <laughs> is this out? Right. Is this something that should be concerning? Whether it's and a lot of times it's surrounding anxiety and depression, and usually not. So I am not a therapist. I do not claim to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Refer people to therapy on a regular basis. I think therapy is good for all of us. Yes, yeah. And I'm a big proponent of it. That is not what I do, uh, but I so I work with a lot of girls who are not in a diagnosed depression or di- diagnosed anxiety disorder, but di- but we all deal with some level of depression and anxiety as part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so helping parents identify, is this something where we need deeper, faster interventions, or is this something that is normal? Is this something, are there ideas that you have, Erin, of how I can help ne- navigate this or negotiate this? And That is one of my gifts that I definitely claim is creative problem solving when it comes to parenting. I am never knock on wood at a loss for an idea. When someone comes to me with, this is what's going on with my kid. I'm like, Oh, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? You know, and every child is unique. So I do not believe in any type of, I never am like, well, this is what I did. So this is what you should do. I'm like, this is what I did. And I heard about someone else that did, did this, or you could even try this. And I want parents to think about what would work for their child. And I want them to think about their child as an individual.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There, there's no cookie cutter, right? <laughs> no.
0: That's yeah. the And that's what's really hard too, I think, as a parent, because we always, we also have these kind of preconceived notions of how we think our child might respond or how they might be. And we also put on that lens sometimes of that, they're a reflection of who we are, but it really, we, I think the hardest thing as a parent is to just live into the fact that your child is their own person, right? And there's a lot of genetics that happen with that, you know, and the best thing we can do is to observe and learn how to, you know, love them as best we can without also putting on our own garbage, right? Onto them.
1: It's an ongoing process, right? I think mm-hmm. humility is the biggest thing we need as parents.
0: Oh, for sure. I just, yeah. If
1: I, I can't probably count the number of times in a week I apologize to my kids. Mm. And not for anything huge, but you know, this morning I was trying to put up curtains and I'm super frustrated because I was thinking it was going to take me like five minutes and it took me like 50 minutes. <laughs> and I was just kind of storming around the house. I didn't do anything negative I didn't you know (laughs) uh take it out on them in any way but they could feel my energy and I'm like guys I'm sorry I got overly frustrated with that and I shouldn't have and I know you guys were trying to do school when I was slamming doors and (laughs) walking (laughs) around or whatever you know and um and you could feel my energy and I I apologize for that you know and for them to see me as human Mm. and see that humanity in them as well and give them the same grace that I'm asking for. So it helps me to ask for grace because then I also am more able to extend it to them because they're human and they're going to mess up and they're going to make mistakes. And I think that might be one of the biggest points of contention sometimes between my husband and I is that I'm like, they are kids (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's how kids roll. And we lovingly admonish and correct, but we make mistakes too. We're not perfect. Like that's, that's how we roll. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I'd love to, I remember distinctly growing up when I realized my parents didn't know everything, (laughs) right? We have this as children, we think, well, of course our parents know everything. And I remember the other day, my son said something like, mom, why don't you know this? And I was like, well, let me just break it down to you right now. We don't know everything and we get to learn every day, just as you get to learn every day. And we're going to make mistakes and we're going to hurt people's feelings just mm-hmm. the same as you are. And we just learn together and we hold space for each other.
1: Yeah. Right. And developmentally, it's really interesting working with girls because developmentally, I actually get to see that shift occur mm-hmm. from my eight, nine, and 10 years that I talk with who think that their parents hung the moon. Oh, yes. Yes. that, like you know, and they think they're the most powerful beings on earth. They're all about the girl power and they can do anything. And boys are dumb and yada, yada, yada. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You all of a sudden, 11, 12, and this is the research. This, I mean, I'm just, it's bearing out in front of me, but this is the research. Yeah. 11, 12, 13 years old, all of a sudden, not so confident. Mm -mm. And all of a sudden, parents don't know everything and actually parents are kind of dumb <laughs> and all of a sudden things that parents never imagined would be coming out of their children's mm-hmm. mouths or are happening their child changes before their eyes and they literally don't know what to do and it's it's their brain development you know the girl the kids are figuring out the girls are figuring out just carrots mm-hmm. don't know everything <laughs> and even the things they do know I'm they, they're going to question whether or not they know those as well.
0: <laughs> I do believe that we should start setting up nationwide support groups for parents of their children going through puberty. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> so accurate. I actually was writing something the other day. I'm like, why do we have all these parents of toddler oh. groups? Like moms of moms of preschoolers, moms of toddlers, all this, you know, new moms, blah, blah, blah. I'm like the teen, the moms of teens and tweens are the ones that need the support. <laughs> this is a whole new world. They're, they're adorable little child turned into a monster in the course of 18 months. And they don't know what to do. I mean, have of their adorable little child again. So then they're like, wait, they're still in there. Get yeah. back, back out. And it's like, no, they're, there's, they're growing and they're changing the best book. I don't know if you're listeners are book readers, but Lisa Demore's Untangled. Hmm. Literally my handbook that I hand to parents when they start asking me all the hard questions, I'm like, I can tell you all the things that are in this book, but if you want to get it really quickly, <laughs> you should read this book because she talks about the seven strands of development and how uneven they are and how it's normal. If everything's normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a great resource. Thank you. Amazing. Here at Reframing Our Stories, we believe that everyone has a story to share. So if you are a listener and you believe you have a story that you've had to reframe in your life and would like to share it on our show, then please visit our website at www.reframingourstories.com. There you can find the contact tab and you can fill out the form and we would be glad to get in touch with you. So how has uh, doing this job
1: changed you? This job Has made me more confident Mm -hmm. because I have to bear out all the things that I'm coaching the girls to do. Yeah. So if I'm asking them to get up in front of class and give a speech in Spanish, how can I then say to them that I was too embarrassed or wasn't confident enough to go give a speech in front of the Rotary Club? Or, um, if I'm asking them to choose their thoughts and to practice gratitude every day, and yet I'm not willing to do that, you know, so it's the teacher teaches what the teacher needs to learn. Uh, <laughs> the teacher teaches.
0: Isn't this the truth?
1: <laughs> so in every instance, I am growing with the girls and to me, that's the biggest gift. It's, it's almost selfish because I am raising three amazing children. And then I get to have this influence on other people's children who have gifted me time with their children, which I'm so in awe of and appreciative of on a regular basis that they would let me be a voice in their child's ear Mm -hmm. and for that to be the case. And then for me, to get to be a better me because of what I'm constantly teaching them. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't even describe how, how different I am now that I was almost a decade ago when I started this program.
0: Oh wow. Priceless, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So is there a story in your life, which maybe you've just kind of alluded to? But is there something in your life right now that you've had to reframe? If we've, as we talked about a little bit, like you're helping the story for these girls where they almost don't need to reframe. Right. Mm -hmm. So what have you had to reframe for your life to do this?
1: In all honesty, I feel like I am constantly reframing my stories. Mm -hmm. I and partly it's because I'm teaching the girls to do so. So when they come to me with a problem, I'm literally shifting the lens and helping them to have a paradigm shift of, okay, let's look at this from a different angle. So I'm constantly doing that for them. I think as of late, if we want to talk about the last you know, four years specifically and how social media has developed and how I look at past mentors in my life, I, it's been interesting for me to reframe how I feel about and towards people and towards the role that they played in my life. And then who I now see them to be as adults, if that makes sense. I'm being a little vague, I think, (laughs) but there are people in our life that play a big role that create us and help us to become who we are.
0: Yeah.
1: And then sometimes we move past that Mm. grow, right?
0: Yeah. We're our growth goes beyond
1: exactly Yeah. Mm-hmm. at first that made me very angry yeah and I've come to accept that they were in my life for very specific reasons and I wouldn't be the person I am today if they had not been a part of it and spoken you know words of affirmation over me and encouraged me in certain ways and I don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah I don't Have to devalue the benefits of that relationship just because I'm now that relationship has changed. If that makes sense, Mm
0: -hmm. no, it does.
1: So yeah, I mean, but like I said, constant. I'm constantly thinking about my youth and how I grew up because I work with you. How was this taught to me? Mm. How much of that do I still believe? What does that look like today? What has changed today that makes that different? What hasn't changed that makes it the same? Uh, constantly, constantly thinking through the way that I want to raise my daughters that is similar to how I was raised and brought up, sure. and things that I really want to make sure I change and draw a line in the sand and say, this is not how it's going to be for my daughters and the generation that I get to have an impact on.
0: Yeah. I think it's always important to reflect, right? Just be like, what was beneficial and how did that help my story? What wasn't? <laughs> What do I need to edit and reframe for them for sure? So, I want to know basically, things are very different today for young people, I believe, with the influence of social media, um, with the constant technology, right? Like, I think some of what happens too is um, with the amount of social media and technology and different things, there's a lot more visual. Comparison and a lot more than for, therefore, also lack of right now, especially face to face interaction, the learning how to communicate hard things. Mm. Um, So, my question to you is within doing your work, where do you see this hope and change from these young people living in this environment? And where do you see it going?
1: There is so much hope because these kiddos and the ones I work with, but also the ones that I just get to interact with tangentially are so passionate Mm. and they are so resilient, Mm, much more so than we give them credit for. I think Mm -hmm. they they're able to pivot. They have been brought up in a culture that is pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> and Well,
0: yeah.
1: this year has thrown more curveballs than any of us could have imagined this time last year, mm-hmm. they, it's hard, but they keep bouncing back. And so, I mean, my 12, almost 13 year old, it's almost like clockwork. About once a month, we have a breakdown over something that seems extremely trivial, whether it's something that happened with a sibling or we couldn't find something we were looking for. And all of a sudden, you know, she's a puddle on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. But we've been able to recognize that this is, this is the release moment for her. So it's built up COVID, quarantine, online school, you know, whatever it is, just the feeling of of the politics that have been in the air for the past oh, forever. It seems like her whole life, her whole memorable life, it seems like, Right. Uh, and all of that pressure reaches a point and then it pops hmm. and yeah. she pops and we work through it. We talk about the presenting issue once again. <laughs> and then we talk about the underlying issues that we know are present mm-hmm. and then she bounces back and then she's ready and we go. And she is indicative of a lot of the girls that I work with and I talk to the moms because the moms will get very worried about what's going on with them, what's going on with them. And they just need more, a little more space and a little more time to process right now. And they need a little more grace and a little more understanding, but they are amazing. And they are so ready for what's next. Mm -hmm. They're looking forward to the future. The girls that I talk to have no sense of hopelessness for our world.
0: Mm, That's great.
1: Nothing but hope for the future and for the impact that they get to make on that future. They are ready. Uh, If anything, they're chomping at the bit. They're like, oh, they were teaching me this at school. And I know that's not going to have any impact, but I just have to get through it. So I'm going to do that. But here's what I really want to work on. And they're ready to do the next thing. They are embracing their gifts and they know that they want to use those gifts to help their people. Uh, whatever those gifts may be, whether they're artistic or mathematic or whatever, That's
0: yeah. word, right? <laughs> well, I think this is like testament though, and the, in the sense of what you provide, because really when individuals or young people feel like there's a space for them and feels like they are being heard and seen, then I think they are willing to take more risks that are healthy risks, right? Mm-hmm. In terms trying in terms of exploring, uh, being more imaginative. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes where as adults, we fall short is we get too wrapped up in the to-do list into the nitty gritty of the world and what we have to do that we forget about offering, like you said, the grace, we forget about offering the space Mm -hmm. and creating that experience or Not to say space again, but I'm saying space again, where they can breathe and let go and cry, you know, to get and process those emotions to then be like, okay, that I'm still okay. Like I felt those hard things. I'm okay. I can move
1: forward. And yes, and knowing there's people in your corner. I mean, you talked about reconnecting with your friends and what a gift that is. Mm -hmm. Know that there are people that are unconditionally not judging you, rooting for your best, wanting that to happen for you. And as a young person, having adults in your life that you are not related to that feel that way about you, Yeah. I don't know how you can measure the impact of that. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: amazing. So Erin, talk to us more about how people can find you. Do you do Fierce and Flourish for other
1: people outside of Illinois? I do. I have a girl in Seattle and one in Atlanta and a couple in North Carolina. (laughs) Awesome. So tell us
0: more about that. How can people find you then?
1: Yes. So basically if you go to my website, erintarr.com, that's Tar with two R's, uh, there is a button that you can click that just says, set up a call with me. Because depending on who your daughter is, what time zone you're in, those types of things, I would love to talk about the ways that I can best support her and you, whether that's being part of the group coaching program, being part of the one-on-one program. I have a a free video course for moms. It's called Triumph Together because Mm. through the tween years, it can be really tricky. And so it's really just about how do we get through this, not just survive through it, but really like strengthen our relationship because ultimately I want every single mom to have an amazing relationship with her daughter as an adult. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that every moment through the tween and teen years is going to be smooth sailing. Exactly. (laughs) During those tween and teen years, we are laying the groundwork for kiddos who want to spend time with us when they don't have to.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: that's yeah. the dream right
1: that's the exactly dream. that's my dream and that's what I want for everybody and part of that is what I do with the girls helping them to be better communicators helping them to have healthy habits helping them to be emotionally mentally healthy and successful mm-hmm. and the other half is helping moms to support their girls in that so yeah.
0: no that's wonderful well Erin thank you so much for being here today and telling us about this. I think the work that you do is just so important and it's needed and just being that stable and creative and fun loving person for these young people is so important. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me, it's been a blast.